Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Otaku Journey with me and Camera, a weekly episodic series, season, podcast thingamajig where we talk about uh, otaku related stuff, mainly the old anime and uh, some music, whether it's J-pop, J-rock, K-pop, all that sort of fun stuff and... This week, guys, uh, we are going to start talking about the show that we brought up last week we were going to watch, which is Cells at Work, uh, mostly the first season. Now, uh, to kind of sum up if I remember correctly, so the first season's on Netflix. You can watch the whole first season there. Oh, uh, is it? Huh. Yeah, 13 episodes. And then if I remember correctly, this was back in 2018 where the first season was made, and then... They just, I even think it might have been just this year, if I saw correctly, they finally put out another season uh, just earlier this year. That's, I believe, on Funimation, which is what we're going to watch for next episode. Uh, but it is interesting, I think, that there was such a big time gap there uh, between seasons. I know that's happened a little bit before, too, because they also have done that with, uh, was it Devils of Part-Timer as well as finally getting a new season, and... I just watched this new season, the first season of that, like, uh, early, at some point last year, and that was made, oh like, my God, a, like even earlier or something. Um, oh, I completely forgot about the show, wow. Yeah, so... I, I'm sure I heard about the second season stuff, it's just like, oh, wow. Yeah. I like, never hear about that show anymore. Right, yeah, and it's one of those things, so, I don't know, because you, I don't know if you know more than I do about this, it doesn't seem like it's something that happens too often, but does happen once okay. in a while with these, like, long gaps between seasons, is there, like... In this case, I mean, it was only, like, three years, it's not as big as, like, you know, Devil is a Part-Timer, your example, um, that was, like, eight, you know, um... Part of the problem, I believe, with this was that the Cells at Work manga went on break for about two years. So that would be, you know, kind of waiting to see what would happen, you know, adapting more of the series. So I think that probably would have, you know, put things into halt for a second season or anything. Okay, that's inter That's so interesting because... Yeah, I guess... Well, I don't know, right? Because you think of a show like Game of Thrones, where the series was finished before the book did. And this is kind of the opposite, where it's like, oh, the book's out, we have to wait, we can't go on with this. Maybe we started this a little too early, or they're like, oh, no, he's this is going to go on for a bit. And all of a sudden, like, out of the blue, he, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to take a break from making this right now. They're like, ah, well, crap, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> like, the timing was not great. Um, I just wonder, like, how, how did they, like, factor all that in? And it's just such a thing that's kind of unique to this, where... I guess the only reason I asked, too, because I am used to that... It seems like there is, like, the seasonal format, like, at least nowadays, like, regular television shows. Where each season, you know, as each, like... Oh, you know, you have... Especially from what I've learned from Obli recently, it's like you have the... You know, you have the winter season, you have the fall season, and different shows you know, aired near different parts of the year, but, like, if it's getting, you know, another season or whatever, it's usually on the following year. There's not, like, as much of a break. If... It depends on the show. I mean, there's stuff with, like, production committees and studios. It's it, it, it I guess it depends on the case here, but... Yeah. Okay. Uh, that, that is season interesting. Season two for next week. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a shorter season, I believe, too. Only, like, eight episodes. Oh, okay. Oh, that's that's good. Yeah, because this one was thirteen, um, which is interesting too. Because I guess technically, I'm so used to seeing like, oh, if it's, I I I'm used to seeing twelve or like twenty four or twenty six. But I guess for me, I feel like I don't see thirteen too often. Even though if it's like twenty six episodes, you, it's like usually split. I feel into like two thirteen parts. is yeah, thirteen's pretty common okay i'd say yeah it's pretty common right up there with 12 so okay cool uh again i'm st i'm still learning this stuff so so this show i i picked a show because i saw just a bit of the first episode just the idea of oh should i watch or whatever sometimes i'll look at the review scores and this had like uh, you know an okay on the anime list it was like you know a little above average but not the highest review score i've seen but i still kind of was liking the art style a little bit of what they're doing with this. So I'll check it out. And 
It's a very informational uh, show. This is like something. Yes. This is something where it's like if I was a teacher now and I had to teach kids about how cells and anatomy and all that work, I would just have them watch this series. I heard like I don't know, like Chinese high one Chinese high school actually used this for biology homework. And you know what? I feel like that's going to be that could be the case for more schools in more countries later on as this series kind of I guess is out there in the in the wild and being available. Yeah, I and so I guess I guess I I I'll know because I I really did enjoy the show and I feel like it's a little bit unique and I know sometimes it's parts of it are like okay maybe it's a little generic why it's got like a lower score than it does but I had a real fun time with it uh and the way they kind of teach you how things work they you know they'll slow it down they kind of explain it and sometimes I would get what they're saying sometimes I don't uh. I guess the only thing would be maybe to its detriment a bit is, which we kind of mentioned before we started podcast, was the the generic naming. I, I It's, and you know, I mean, there is the main characters of the show, you know who's who, but they're still called Red Cell and White Cell. You have a senpai here and there, but they're all pretty much, even the main characters are called by what their job occupation is. And I guess... You know, I'm so used to all these anime having all these crazy names, and then for some to be so generic, it seems kind of weird to me, I guess. I don't know. How you feel about, like, the having them all have just, like, the generic name thing? I believe they have, like, some have little code names, like Red Blood Cell and White Blood Cell, having, like, little, it's like A3803, something like that, uh, as well, but they don't really use those as much in, like, the show. Um, but I, I like it. It's different. It shows, like, you know, <clears throat> how focused, it's how focused the show is on, like, you know, they're part of this society, you know, they're, they're one little speck, uh, trying to keep this society running. In this case, this society is a human body. Yeah, yeah, and just to guys sum it up quickly what the show's about, uh, you kind of mentioned it earlier that, uh, it's... It's about juicy cells that live in human body. In each episode, there'll be you learn about a different section in the body and how the cells operate in that section. And then usually, something goes wrong, whether it's like a bacteria or food poisoning or whatnot. And then they have to stop whatever this thing is. But they also take the time to explain to you how this evil, whatever it is, when it enters your body, like what the result of it could be. And because of that, it is a little bit different than other anime I've seen where it is ep- very episodic based. And I would say it weird weird saying that because each episode is separate. There's no one overarching story. There's it's really more character development than an overarching story. Uh which I feel like I haven't seen a lot of in this kind of medium. But then at the same time, there is still at least one episode I could think of where I would count as a filler episode, which is weird to say that an episodic show has a filler episode, because again, filler episodes are usually like kind of one-off sort of things where, you know, like if you're watching like I watch Fringe or something like that or CSI, there's usually over the season overarching story, then you'll have some cases related to what's going on, then like you know, once every, like, three or four episodes, you have something that's kind of like a random filler thing, or like, you know, Dragon Ball Z or whatever, but here, everything's separate, no overarching story, but there's an episode that, where it doesn't focus on the main characters you're seeing every other episode, and so that's what makes it kind of fillery. Uh, but makes it a little, but breaks it up a little bit, makes it a little bit different. Yeah, the fun of this show, I think, is in just watching the different, like, situations and learning about the you know different cells and parts of the bot and uh parts of the body and stuff like that and how the body reacts to things in each episode seeing how the characters deal with whatever fret you know nothing big you know characters that aren't super complex uh plot that isn't too super complex either it's uh yeah, mostly episodic. There are some, like, two-parters here and there that are 
just about these different threats that the body has to deal with. Would you... And, uh, it's... Oh, well, I was just gonna ask, would you, is this something... I don't... You, we, we were talking about, like, is this something that should be shown in schools and be, like, go to, and I agree with that. I'm just wondering if... Would you recommend this more for an older crowd or younger crowd? Because when I think about it with this anime, too, is that... Uh, especially compared to a lot of usual anime, there's not super skinny clad women. There's pretty women and cute women, but it's not super sexualized. So I would say like, oh, it's a younger crowd can watch it too and learn, but at the same time, it gets kind of bloody. And I don't know if you could get, I don't know if you could maybe use that to show to older kids was like, well, there's blood in the body. So I, I don't know. Would you think that, this is more like a high school kind of age, or do you think they could get away with showing this to like even a younger audience? Uh, I would say middle school. Okay. I would say middle middle to high school, or less, which would make sense. Uh, this is serialized in Shonen Serious, a Shonen magazine, so that's middle and high school. That's about their target range anyway. So I would say it's perfect for the audience that they're trying to go for. Okay. Okay, no, that's good to know. I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of that either. So yes, that, that this is a battle shonen. There is a decent bit of action, and it is a shonen. It's just not like a lot of other battle shonen, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I didn't pick up on that at all. Yeah, because that's the thing. There is a lot of fighting in the show, but as compared to other shows, where you have to wait 20 episodes for the main hero to show up to beat the bad guy, and everybody's stalling the whole time... It's, oh, we have to wait, like, three to four minutes max or something. Sometimes you have to wait 30 seconds before the hero shows up to start fighting, you know? And, and that, that kind of rapid pace is refreshing. Uh, especially for that sort of genre, I would say. Uh, the, the, the main... So, you have... The two main characters are Red Cell and a White Cell... You have other cells that are also part of this, but the white uh, cell. Everybody's... Oh, go ahead. Uh, everybody's favorite seems to be the platelets, the little like, dual like a uh, child-looking cells that reconstruct the body and they uh, help make like blood clots and stuff. They uh, help heal those cuts or whatever. Uh, yes. Uh, even in the show, you know, everybody loves them. Online, everybody loves them. Uh, we can't do a Cells at Work discussion without talking about those platelets, because I remember 2018, of all all the other things that were happening in 2018, 2018 was, was a, for anime, a lot was happening. I definitely remember platelets being everywhere, it felt like. Yeah, oh yeah, I know. Those things, those adorable little things, they're so cute with their rosy little cheeks, and they're like, this little road's closed. Can you wait? <laughs> and there's, there's tiny little voices, and <laughs> and I love it. What are the ones called that? Like the the ones in the 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 one guy in the green suit who's like the one normal size adult guy. Or what is he also like a platelet technic? Or what, what? I forgot what his role is because yeah, you have all these plate, and they're all like little children. But then you have this one guy who's like almost like a receptionist or I don't know who just like sits there and keeps track of the logs and he's like the one adult guy in this like green outfit that like hangs in their place uh but yeah those things yeah even the characters in the show talk about how cute they are and things like that and very kawaii and you want to like have a little little stuffed uh, animal thing of one of them to take home with you oh yes they're perfect for mass you know Perfect little mascots. I'm sure the production committee made a ton of money off merch. Mm. I'm sure of that. I believe there is even a... Pretty sure there's a spinoff about them. Ah, uh, I see. Because uh, there are a... Yeah, there was a spinoff. There are a ton of spinoffs for this, by the way. Uh, I don't know how much I really expected Cells at Work to be a big franchise, but it's a seven-manga-wide franchise, not counting the main manga. Wow. Yeah, there are a bunch of things, like, Cells at Work seems to have been popular enough uh, to spawn a bunch of different franchises. 
or not franchise god it's a franchise that spawned a bunch of different spin-off manga in for all sorts of demographics too some are seinen some are shoho some are shonen for basically the same audience as the original i mean it's something that i guess kodansha saw lots of appeal in for really anybody you know boys girls older younger and really capitalizing on it which i just feel i still feel a little bit surprised like oh my god just how much lever just how much mileage this premise got like it's amazing but yeah i don't mind it too much yeah i mean again i guess like i could see it going for distance because you got covered different diseases and different body parts but then oh yeah yeah you run out of body to talk about and i'm like how far can you really stretch us out so it's weird to hear that they're spinning all this off because it's like even with all these spinoffs and different characters you're gonna see some of the same similar things so it's like how far can you really stretch this yeah uh and i'm not entirely sure how it is because uh i haven't read any of the um spinoffs one of them does have an anime adaptation i don't know uh I don't know if it's on Netflix or not with original Cells at Work, but yeah, Cells at Work Code Black, uh, that's also there. I believe it's like an unhealthy body. It's Cells at Work just for a body that's like really unhealthy. So, I mean, I, I guess that's how you find, you know, more mileage out of this concept. I, well, I get, I knew it, I guess so, because especially like, like towards like the final episode where you realize oh oh every oh these kind of red blood cells look a little bit different than the ones we're used to and they came from somewhere else so i guess if you take that concept and have different versions of each thing you know i guess i could see where that that could be a thing i suppose uh but yeah the white blood cell is like sort of like the hero guy that goes and tries to save or it does his best to try to destroy the the evil disease and bacteria and all that. And I like the fact that they uh, they have this this little sensor pointer on their caps, which I think I, I mean to me it's kind of a little bit silly. I, I don't know if I'm still I'm still on board with the whole like sensor thing. It's kind of weird, but uh, I love the fact that they use their weapon choices like knives, like close combat knives. And it makes it just like when they, and then they like slice up these bacteria and there's like blood just spurting everywhere. And then when that first happened, I was like, whoa, I wasn't prepared for it to go that far and get that like violent. But it does. Uh, and then the red blood cell is the, you know, they introduce one that's like, oh, I'm the new cutesy girl. I don't know what's going on. And then they even make, like, an inside joke in the show about how she, like, attracts trouble everywhere she goes. Everything always, she always ends up in the wrong place. And she's like, no, I don't. And then she does, like, two seconds later. Uh, What did you think of, like, these, like, two characters overall? I think they make a pretty decent duo. Um... I like how, I guess, like, towards the end, um, in, like, the final two-parter, 12 and 13, uh, Red Blood Cell gets, like, a senpai, and, you know, the original Red Blood Cell's, like, trying to show her around and, like, kind of handhold her through it, but the co-highs, you know, knows about all this stuff, and then when it gets to that Blizzard scene that's in, like, episode 14, she just... You know, the Kohai just snaps and, like, she loses hope. You know, she thinks they're just going to die die from this. She calls out the Senpai Red Blood Cell for, like, trying to show off. Trying to show off and everything. Like, I thought that was a pretty cool moment. I think one of the better, like, character moments in this, where I felt like the characters in the show generally... uh one of my main points about the show you know there's some likable characters but it's nothing that really sticks with me all that much right well yeah i i i I agree with you on that and that that might explain like the scores on it because there yeah there is not like one standout character it's it's several different characters that are slowly developing and changing who they are but there's not one 
specific because there's no like overall story there's not a specific uh plot or anything that forces that character development it just kind of happens naturally a bit here and there when random things happen again this could uh change more in season two and i'm a little more to these characters but right now as i see it it's like okay you know these characters are mm-hmm. fun to they're fun to watch you know but it's nothing i'm like going super crazy over i guess this goes into my my general thoughts about it about the show it's like i admire it is very admirable just seeing how much effort is put into the world uh and put into all, all the different scenarios i like the art direction it's very bright and colorful i like anime that are bright and colorful um that's why i like a lot of kids anime is because you know stuff that's bright and colorful i'm into that did, they did a good job on that. Um, animation, it works. And again, like some of the fights, like they work. They might have some creative aspects, but it's like, okay, uh, nothing like super wowing me or anything. And that kind of goes for the characters too. It's like it's likable, you know. I it's a good lazy afternoon watch, but it's like nothing. I'm going like, okay, I I need season two now. I need all these spinoffs now. Like uh. If they just stopped it after first season, like, I'd be okay with that. But, you know, there is season two. There are multiple spells. I'm like, I'm okay with that, too. That works with me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of with you. Like, I'm curious to now watch for next week season two. But, again, if if I heard, oh, season two is out, it's one of those, like, oh, I'll get to it at some point. But uh, there's, I have, like, a new Demon Slayer or whatever. It's like, uh, that takes priority, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I, I guess we yeah the animation the animation itself I like but I could see it where it's off-putting because they're because they're explaining a lot to you and sometimes uh, they slow so like the it's a lot of start and stop which I could feel like if, if you're oh person, yes it's yes because it's like oh something's happened let's stop and freeze this frame and talk about what this is. And then they'll be fighting the thing, and then for the killing blow, they'll freeze frame it again. And so I could see if you're a certain kind of person, we're like, I'm kind of a, like, this is fine, but this is kind of frustrating to watch uh, because of that. This is a case where this probably, that type of thing with lots of info dumps, probably will work better in a manga setting. Mm. You know, where you can kind of, I don't know, I guess control your own pace a little bit better, if that makes any sense. Like, I feel like reading uh, reading those types of things alongside the action, I don't think they'll get in the way as much, you know? Yeah, and... and Yeah, and, and that's the thing. It's, like, probably, I mean, you know, again, filler episodes are usually, like, you know, it, you know, we all talk about, like, ah, oh, filler or whatever. You know, some are fun or whatever. But I almost want to say, weirdly enough, that I think the filler episode of the season might be one of my favorite ones. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Just because, tonally, it feels more like an anime that we're used to watching. It, it has a different tonal shift, I feel like, completely than the rest of the series. Uh, and it's just a story about these two guys. You know, one's this, like, big macho killer t-cell guy he's training all these recruits and things like that and then you have like the commander who's like little guy with glasses and then you see them like kind of like getting on each other's nerves a bit and then the the, the one guy is like oh there's this the green guy with with the with the other people is just like yeah yeah there's a the story these guys have a history and then so it it takes you on this full journey you know, two rivals that are kind of friends, a classic, you know, uh, Naruto, Sasuke sort of thing. And then yeah, the killer out... T-cell. Yeah, yeah. And to find out that the one with the glasses, the skinny little thing, was the one that picked on the other kid for, like, an interesting twist. And and then at the end, to, like, see them together and then still get on each other's nerves, it was sweet. And then the receptionist girl that she was, like, part of it, too. 
and, and like she was pretty much the same. She's like a stupid kid. It's the, it's the... Yeah, it's the, like the killer T and helper T mm-hmm. uh, story. I do like little things like that that uh, make it more creative or like creative ways and like human wa- ways to try to uh, connect this connect what goes on in the body you know to stuff in our own in our own lives using bits of what we have in society to connect them to cells yeah it's stuff like that it's charming you know yeah and i feel maybe it's too because i feel like it it, it, you know again after their character names but i guess this this episode felt like a little had a little bit more personality overall than the other ones did you know where I, the other, all the other episodes are great, but you know, I mean, there's a couple things where it's like, oh, something's going wrong with the body, and we have to fix it. But some of it is a little like, oh, something bad shows up, they gotta stop the bad things. Something bad, you know, and it, it, to have something to break that up a little bit, and when you want to have a filler episode, you want to have fun watching it, and it doesn't feel like a chore or they're stalling for something, and because there is no overarching story or villain they're trying to stall. It's just like a fun little side gig just to kind of have in there. Uh, so I hope they do something else like that. Just explain a little bit more of just, you know, just little character things and things how that work. Uh, the, the twist of the, you know, all the cute uh, white cell girls and them like being in these like hazmat suits and them just like beating the crap out of all these things with like a hammer was a nice little twist. Uh... Even the little small gag of all of them in, like, a foot bath. I love the fact that they all drink tea for some reason. They're like, oh, we're going to drink tea. That's our go-to. But, like, even the foot bath gag where it's, like, the one that's, like, still in a hazmat suit, like, in the foot bath, you know, with the boots on. Like, a little gag like that I thought was fun. Oh, yeah, there's some uh, one little gag I guess I liked. I I liked how, like, was the pneumonia virus enemy in the first episode how he was kind of finished off like he gets put in some bubble and then this bubble is like sent down into missiles and then uh sneezed right out the nose i love the how mucus are just like missiles now Uh, that was great that was one of the funnier ways i saw that they kind of made the cell society thing work yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it, it, it was silly, but it was clever, yeah, uh, yeah, so, I, I mean, again, it's, it's weird, because it's not the best anime I've seen, but I would recommend people just, like, watch, like, at least a couple episodes, and then if you really like it, stick with it, if not, just, like, watch it for something a little bit different, different vibe, mm-hmm. it's, it's, even though it's, 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 like, bloody or whatever, like I said, it's not too sexualized, which is kind of a rare thing to see, I feel like, and it's just, uh, it's just, it's a little bit more of a lighter tone than the anime we have been watching, uh, previously for this, uh, so I I appreciate the show doing something a little bit different and refreshing in battle, in, like, the whole battle shounen, you know, style, um, I feel like I might even appreciate it for, like, how they were able to expand itself to a franchise and how it was able to differentiate itself from others in Battle Shonen. Maybe even more than I liked the show itself, but I did like the show quite a, you know, a decent bit. Yeah, and I'm curious to see uh, uh, how different, or is it, how different Season 2 is going to be, especially since some time has passed. Mm-hmm. Um, if the animations changed much at all, I believe there is. A, yeah, there is a different director for season two as well. Oh, so. oh that's yeah. They the first season they got the director of the JoJo parts one through three and direct also did Drifters to do this one. So, mm. hey right, guys, that was our anime segment we'll be watching cells at work season two and give you our own thoughts of uh how we think it's it's going to go i'm very curious to see uh what i'm gonna think of it uh and how yeah. our reaction could be this went a little better than i expected since i didn't take as many notes for it so yeah yeah, uh, yeah. all right uh let's get into the second one and possibly a 
our music segments the one I've anticipated the most. <laughs> Should be interesting. Yeah, I mean, really, before I give you my thoughts, camera, if you want to, again, give some background as to uh, what this is and how it relates to Asia Cup Food Generation, just want to give, like, a quick sum up of, like, what, what it is that uh, we listened to this week. Okay, uh, for those who did not watch our last episode, always possible, uh, Asian Kung Fu Generation, um, amazing power pop alt-rock group uh, in Japan, still going, they've been going strong for like 20 years now. Um, this is the lead singer, Masafumi Goto, his solo project. So, about 2010, um, Magic Disc comes out, which... Uh, Asian Kung, which sees Asian Kung Fu Generation kind of expand beyond what they're normally used to. They add more different kinds of instrumentation. They add like strings. They add synths, like different electronic things to their music. A bit of a hip hop influence, and from this album, I do notice that as we get into the solo projects, the solo work started around late 2011 or so with the song Lost, which is the final song on the first uh, Gotch solo album, Can't Be Forever Young. Uh, that got uploaded around 2011, and then uh, sometime later after that, there was uh, there was an, another single, and then the album came out. But um, We start to see Gotch try to get a bit more, you know, experimental, broaden his horizons a little bit. But he wants to broaden his horizons beyond what he could probably do with Asian Kung Fu Generation, this uh, tightly knit, like, four-piece alt-rock and power-pop group. So, 2014, uh, we have his first solo record, uh, Can't Be Forever Young. Whereas Aji Khan's very rock-oriented, this one changes towards folk music, elect electronic music, a uh, touch of, like, indie rock, folk rock stuff going on in there. And uh, I have to say, just going into it right away, this is one of the best things that I think Gotch has ever been behind. I think every song, despite the, you know, how, I guess, I don't know if I can call it dry, maybe the, the production sounds... Um, this is also improved in the live version. There is a live version that came out the same year where he plays through pretty much the entire album, plus some B-sides and other stuff. Uh, the songs are all, like, really catchy, especially the long goodbye and those little foie-foies he does and the little simps in the background and the really, really catchy guitar solo. Um... I love seeing Gotch try to expand his horizons because I think it works here. It, it just, all of it, I think, works. It's a very charming album. Uh, I'm so glad that he has the opportunity to kind of expand like this and, you know, find his own little thing that he can do. And it's also been interesting to see just how this stuff is kind of, like, intersecting with the Asian Kung Fu Generation stuff a little bit, too. As we'll kind of start to see here. Yeah, um... Yeah, and it's... Okay, so... It, so I wanted to know, again, too, more of why... Because you kind of mentioned before how all connects up, but you kind of maybe even prefer this almost at times even more than Asian Kung Fu Generation. <sighs> Because I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking very long and, and hard about it, about this, and I, I'm, like, starting to prefer, oh God, it's like Asian Kung Fu Generation has been with me longer, you know, they've had more material to work with, but sometimes I just listen to, like, oh, Great Escape from Reality, for example, uh, my favorite song off the, off of the first solo album, this, like, very... Kind of mellow electronic song and it's just oh my god this is so beautiful i am like some of this solo stuff i do like better than a lot of the asian kung fu generation stuff and that's saying something coming from me who thinks they're like the best rock band in japan right now 
Well, and I wanted to ask you too, because you might have answered this before, but I, I don't remember. So, has he ever gone like solo toured, or is he will sometimes fit in one of his songs like during one of their band tours? Okay, he has done solo touring before, yeah. Uh, you can go look up on Google, look up Gotch Good New Times Live, uh, just Google that. Uh, there is an hour and a half gig from his 2016 tour behind his second album, where he plays a mix of songs from the first record, the second record, mixing with a cover... mixing with a cover of the National Anthem by Radiohead, which is pretty great. Uh, I highly recommend checking that out, if you haven't. Uh, um, yeah, I no can't recall if he's played solo stuff in, uh, at an Asian Kung Fu Generation gig, though. I mean, more power to him for now doing it as long as he's been... That, to keep up with both for that long, I mean, to be constantly... I assume when he's not doing band stuff, he's immediately working on his own stuff. And, you know, sometimes you'll hear... Oh, a band member, uh, they're like, had, like, the band's, like, on hiatus or whatever. Somebody will do a solo album, they'll come back to the band, or... Yeah. Or if it's something like a K-pop, wherever, they'll, they're still under the record label, they'll give them, like, one solo record, like they're doing with Blackpink or something. But to be able to simultaneously just do both and have multiple albums, I feel like it's something that I haven't heard too much of or not a lot of people do just because it is, that's a lot of commitment and it could like really wear you out. And the fact that he's done it for what you like almost like 10 years already over 10 years now, that's kind the of crazy. Soul albums are free of them. There was the first one can't be forever young in 2014, good new times in 2016, which coincides with Asian Kung Fu generation's 20th anniversary. And last year there was lives by the sea in 2020 um so yeah he's kind of been going on and off asian kung fu generation still does seem to be the priority in terms of touring and recording music and stuff like that but he still keeps finding time every so often to come back into this more like mellow place uh less commercial place and kind of work on stuff that he's you know he still loves right like he's not going in no hiatuses or anything just it's yeah, going. like he's he's not he's not going like if it, if the stuff does well like financially for him, I'm sure he he likes it. But he's not going into it knowing like, oh, my main stuff is here. I'm gonna do this just because I want to do it. If other people like too, that's fine. If not, I don't care. I'm gonna still do it anyway. Mm -hmm. You know. Um. So is it under? So I guess it's not under like a specific record label or do you know oh, if it's under, under his own it's under his own label a started it's called only in dreams uh basically self-releasing all of his all the solo stuff is he just have himself on there then uh him and like a few other a few other artists that he likes and people he's like collabed with on the solo records really i, I mean good for him to be able to legally be able to do that while still being with this other band I'm sure is owned by a bigger corporation, sort of? Mm -hmm. I guess it's because, yeah. Cause by Sony. Like, yeah, because if you're part of a, usually you can't, like, spin off and start your own thing unless you leave, so maybe it's just the power of, like, he's been around long enough and people know him and respect him and he can get away with doing it, I guess, because he's been in the business for so long. Mm-hmm. Because, again, like you said, they, they haven't, he didn't, you know, they've been around for a long time, and it's not like, you know, he's he started this, like, way later after they've been around and established for a while, so that kind of makes sense. Uh, unless, like, compared to if he were to do this, like, you know, after, like, their second album or something, maybe you wouldn't get away with it so much, but. Um, but I will say this, uh, I, uh, fr excuse me, from what I've listened to, I do, uh, it's interesting, we did discuss this, uh, with Age Cup Food Generation, but another thing that makes them a little bit different, too, is, like, a lot of their songs are a decent length, like, longer than you're used to. They have a couple two-minute-and-a-half-minute ones in there, but a lot of them are, like, four, five minutes long, six minutes, which is a little long, especially for that kind of rock group, and for him, it seems that overall, his music tracks are 
a little bit less. He still got a few five-minute ones, four-minute ones, but he also has a lot of under two- or three-minute ones. Because, um, like, I mean, uh, Lips by the Sea, the title track on his third album, uh, that goes for, like, about six minutes or so. I mean... Paper Moon goes for like oh, close to like six or seven minutes. Um, some of the uh, independence dance that goes on for a while too. So like I know on like good new times and they kind of get longer in that longer length. I would say. Uh, I I wonder too. It's here's why because I'm I most of what I listen to from was uh the thing with uh his latest album right that was a lot of what i had listened to and then there's a few of his older ones and things of that sort uh and i will say this i guess i expect it. he has a few slow ones but especially off this new album there was i guess i expected more i don't know like acoustically alternative a little bit slower uh, he's got a song or two like that, but I thought that'd be kind of the whole general vibe, I guess, just because in my head, I, I think, I guess when a lot of artists go slower, solo, they tend to do slower music, more intimate, whereas this is, overall, like, he's got a lot more upbeatness to it than I expected, even, and it's still intimate, it's more intimate, but, again, I was expecting, like, you know, to hear some, a little bit of horns in there, you know, there's some decent drum beats in there and things like that and it's a little bit more of a uh especially this one because it's more c-related but it's a little more jason Mrazzy sort of feel to it i guess that's not what i was expecting and so i'm like listening to these tracks i'm like oh they got some beats here and a lot of them too he has other artists on them i noticed as well like they oh yes and i think this is like asian kung fu generation starting to do more collabs and stuff if you've noticed like on their latest album on their last EP, and going into, uh, possibly into their next album. We'll see about that, but, uh, yeah, he's, does have, uh, he does like doing the collabs and stuff. I feel like Lives by the Sea is where the collabs are maybe most prominent. Um, several rappers on there, uh, by the way, we should probably talk about just how different each album feels, mm. because, the first one is, you know, it does have that kind of dry feeling. It does feel maybe a bit more, like, I don't know, experimental, throwing stuff at the wall a little bit, like, just starting out, doing the solo career thing. Let's mm -hmm. see how this goes. And then the second album, it, as we get into good new times, uh, production, it does feel, you know, production's better. They got Chris Walla on it, from Def, the guitarist from Def Cab for Cutie helped with production um the first one's like more folk and electronic then the second one's like more indie pop and indie rock and then the third one is definitely a hodgepodge of different things like there's r&b in there and there's hip-hop and there's folk uh there's like pop rock i mean synth pop there's a bunch of different things that it's trying to do it feels in that way maybe the least cohesive of the three, but it again, you know, this is like a play box for Gotch to try out the different things that he probably couldn't get away with in Asian Kung Fu generation. So, you know, Lives by the Sea maybe could be the most like obvious and open example of this being his experimental project of any of them. Yeah, and. And that's the thing, too, because that, again, goes to show that he uh, does what he wants to do. He doesn't necessarily care how well it does for him because, you know, because, again, like, bands, they always, you always want to change and grow as a band, but, you know, there's a certain sound that makes you think of that band. Sometimes they'll try one album that's a little bit different, whether it's, like, a rock band doing more poppy, we've seen before. But, like you said, listen... To some of the tracks from the other albums as well it is like a little bit of a drastic tone shift so i don't know how many people like listen to it like all of his albums or you know like one person like has one preference of an album over another 
And I guess that's, like, the risk you take for doing such a variety of things. Uh, and Oh, yeah, like, I don't know. I haven't gotten too much of a big consensus on this. Again, uh, I don't speak Japanese super well. I am learning, but I don't speak it super well. I'm not super involved in, like, Japanese music Twitter or wherever Japanese music criticism may happen. I have a feeling Lives by the Sea might be a bit more, I don't know, um... I, I don't even know what, what the word would be. Like I, I guess maybe the Asian Kung Fu Generation people might hate this album the most. I don't know. Just my guess. I see. Yeah, yeah, because if I were just to listen to this, I wouldn't think, like, he's the lead singer of a big rock band like that, you know? It is so different. Uh, but, again, like, you, 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 when, you, when you go uh, do a solo thing like this, you know, that's always going to be a risk. Is like alienating the people that love that what you do, but again, it, it's it's like anything else. You just if you you gotta do what you care about, and just like take the risk, you know. And that's the thing with music too, because every artist has good albums, and you have you know not so good albums. Even amongst fan bases, there's certain preferences of what's considered. Oh, this is their best album. This is their worst album. But they're, even at the worst album, it might be a track or two that they like, or something of that sort. Uh, so that that's 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 kind of you know what you do here, but taking that risk. But so uh, is so this is a thing that he's still doing as of now. Like you say, he just had a new record last last year. I mm -hmm. I'm going to assume he's going to keep going with it. Uh, who knows how long? I don't know. I don't know as long as oh. the band's still going, or is he going uh, to be like I very likely. I should probably also preface, when I say free solo albums, I mean the main free where he's like, I guess you could say maybe more produced albums. Uh, he does have two ambient albums too, uh, which you can also check out. Again, man of many different things. Mm. So, but uh, we're mostly talking about the main free here. Uh, yeah, he also does have ambient pieces that you can listen to. Uh, Yeah. I have to say, of the free albums, I have been kind of wrestling with which one I like more between Can't Be Forever Young and Good New Times. Because at first, when I heard um, back in like late 2018, I thought Can't Be Forever Young was the best. You know, it had really catchy songs like like Aspirin, um, again, Great Escape to Reality, I think is one of the greatest things that he has ever written, maybe will ever make. I, I adore the atmosphere of that song. It just, it's really beautiful to me. But I have been listening to Good New Times a lot more lately and just loving uh, the mix between Japanese and English, which is something cool about Good New Times that kind of separates it from the other two albums. There's definitely a good part of the album is in English, which goes back to, like, early, early Asian Kung Fu Generation stuff. Like, before they made it to major labels, uh, he would sing in English, and now it kind of comes back again here. And maybe not all the time does it make the most sense, but you know what? It's catchy music. I love it. Uh... Also, I have to point out about Good New Times. Um, Kensuke Kita from Asian Kung Fu Generation guest stars on Baby Don't Cry, which is a beautiful little ballad. Stardust, again, is another one of like one of the best things that Gotcha's ever written. I love how it feels like... It, something about the lyrics... Maybe it... I know this is a little bit weird, but... Mm -hmm. If I could try to do a little bit of a lyric reading, I know we haven't tried that on this show yet, but I figured I could, um, if yeah, yeah. that's okay. Yeah, yeah, go for it. I want to ask you too, so does, is he like the main writer for the band as well, or is it when he just does his solo stuff? Uh, main writer for Asian Kung Fu Generation and, and solo. Okay. Uh, on an afternoon, this is for Stardust, on an afternoon where a deathly pale winter abates, he most likely left without making a sound. Where did he go? I don't know. A black star shines softly at night. 
like one of these days you will too take off to a take off somewhere far far away like him the galaxy i don't i don't know will will probably be forgotten by the time day, that day arrives i have a feeling there's something i need to tell you in advance why i don't know how about we splurge a little bit on dinner tonight something about those lyrics feels so like dreamlike there's it's i get something a little bit really of like a tragic Bowie about it but also it. romantic yeah there's like so many things that and again, kind of coming off of, like, translated lyrics uh, that I've read. Like, this is how I've kind of, like, remembered the song or through these kind of rough, rougher translated lyrics. But even just those just make me feel, like, so many different things. And especially with the very pretty instrumentation between that piano and that light, like, radio transmission. Like, you can hear some guy's voice coming out of, like, a radio transmission type of thing in the background it it is honest to god one of the most beautiful closers i think i've heard for uh not just one of gotcha's works but uh, any album ever really mm. yeah it's beautiful stuff yeah and i feel like i wonder for you like if whatever your your preferences are now you talk about trying to figure out oh which which of his uh, maybe about equal yeah maybe, which i guess of the things you like but maybe a decade from now that could change because he has such a variety of each album's different maybe a mm -hmm. decade from now you're in a different part of your life and one of those albums relates to you more oh yeah uh the can't be forever young does have some lyrics about like getting old and stuff oh yeah uh, i'm sure i'll be feeling that <laughs> soon so maybe i'll switch back and i'll be only on team can't be forever young but for right now it's all three of the main records have their own flavor to it they only all have some really like beautiful and lovely aspects to them and i keep going back to them like it feels like almost every day this month in particular i've been listening to like good new times a lot and it's just it, it's such comforting music mm. yeah yeah i can i can i can sense that uh kind of listening to it um again it, it, there is a more of a a realness to it i guess you know when you do kind of solo stuff like that as to uh you know where you, the asian kung fu generation you know they have a variety of stuff but you know you're there to kind of jam and have a good time and things like that where this one is just more of yeah. and they still have their very emotional lyrics too i mean yeah yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's there, yeah. Uh, but... Especially in their ballads. Oh, oh my god, Kakuse, Butsu no Blues, uh, Tight... Tightrope, uh, oh my god, Tightrope is amazing. Yeah, they're, they're good. I mean, overall, I've been glad that you, uh, showed me both sides of it, because it's so... It is so different, and, um... I kind of like both. I don't know, I probably would prefer the band stuff over his solo stuff, but I don't, I, I thought that I would probably be less interested in his solo stuff overall, but from some of the stuff I've heard, uh, I've been kind of surprised where I'm like, oh, again, like I said, so it's got a little bit, his song's got a little bit more of a kick to it, uh, on some of them than I expected, and so that was kind of a little bit refreshing, and I was like, you know what, this is actually, I'm kind of vibing with uh, some of the stuff here, you know? So, I appreciate you, uh, showing both sides of that. And that's the thing with this music. That's, that's the good part. That's another reason why I wanted to do this podcast, is just to learn about new music, but different sides of music, music, different people. Again, more to J-Rock, to kind of solo, J-Pop, J-Rock, alternative. Uh, it's great. It's great to be listening to all this different stuff. Oh, yeah, uh... I hope Gotcha's more solo work soon. Uh, he did also just release an EP digitally, I mean, a few weeks ago, I guess, at this point. Oh, really? But, uh, yeah, it was like a split EP that he did with him and Kiyomaru to Togo. Um, Gotcha is on, like, one song that he shares with Kiyomaru and then another song that he does by himself uh, called Vegetable, which was released as a music video vegetable huh 
yeah, it's kind of like folksier song. Uh, Gotch has this like kind of spoken word, but still a little bit sing-songy part in it that has these like really beautiful like I listening to the to vegetable definitely the part that sticks out to me the most it's just how beautiful the instrumental gets during his little spoken word bit as he's talking about like cnn cnn and fake news cdc and covid19 over these like amazing organs and and the drums are so good too it's just such a heavenly moment having those together like i thought the spoken word felt a little bit awkward at first but just having that combined with the beautiful instrumentals just oh god so it makes me feel like i'm ascending somewhere else i love it mm. Mm. it definitely grew on me i see i see uh yeah, so I, I'm 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 glad to again you've been more on the like rock kind of poppy side, and I'm like going more K-pop and stuff to kind of switch things up. But uh, so the group I want to recommend for this week is to keep with the theme of like a pretty established group that people know that been around for a minute. They've been around for a little while. But a group that I've listened, I know some of their stuff, but I haven't really taken the time to listen, like, to most of their log. But they have a decent backlog, and that is the K-pop group Red Velvet. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Red Velvet, I think, was one of the first K-pop groups I had heard um, uh, back in, like, 2018. Like generation, yeah. Yeah, yeah, back in, like, 2018 or so, I listened to their first album. Fall was cool. Uh, okay, I'm excited for that. Yeah, um, yeah. I will be showing, just a warning, I will be showing my popular side soon enough. Uh, I have one idea that we will, I, I don't know if we're really going to get into, but I kind of want to save it for towards the end of maybe next month when their next album releases. Uh, this, this is just hinting, lots of teasing, but this is going to be like a everything kind of closes in moment. This is a coming full circle. That's the phrase. This will feel like a bit of a coming full circle moment for me. So uh, okay. it might actually get emotional, but uh, we'll, we'll I'll, I'll tease it with that, and we'll get to that when the album comes and the time comes. But uh, uh, God, I I can't wait. Okay, no, I have I uh, I'm okay, I, and I can't uh, I I'm I'm looking forward to it, and I I'll give a preview here. I have okay, here's. I have a, a thought, and I don't know. This is, I'm just throwing this out there. Why? It, oh, and I'm I'm gonna leave in the recording too. See what people think. But so I'm thinking uh, for another K-pop thing. It's sort of a. Uh, uh, it, it's sort of like a month. It's gonna be like a month special sort of thing, where, Ooh. and I'm thinking just November because it's it starts with N. But uh, one of the uh, talking about other groups that have been around a long time that I've never really listened to is uh, the, this NCT group, right? Mm. Uh, but I know that they have th th this is one of those groups that have ten thousand anime different spinoffs of them, and I can barely keep track of how many there are and what they do. But I figured maybe for like November we can do an NCT november thing and then we, what we can that could be like fun one week do the main nct and then next week do 137 or whatever and just even it goes into december just you know it's gonna be a little bit of you know and, and i know it's gonna be a lot of that kind but yeah i think it'd be fun to kind of listen to each nct group each week and go through however many there are uh just to experience it because there's so many and i haven't listened to it and i barely know who's who and that's something i always kind of want to try to do so if you're up for it like a november nct gauntlet uh, mm, that's an interesting idea that's what I was I i'm kind of into it okay okay so it's a, it's a thought i'm not gonna make it official or confirmed yet i still gotta do more research to like how many different types of groups are and how to like kind of fudge it out because again since there's so many groups and then also like some of the groups have been around a decent amount of time as well. 
uh, and trying to figure all that out. And I know some members are from the main group or on the spinoff groups, or they all share members, and everybody's all over the place and trying to make those comparisons. It can be a bit of a weird uh, map, like that, you know, that meme map from uh, It's Always Sunny, where he's like pointing <laughs> everything. It could be a little bit like that, but I thought it might be a fun thing to do. Another idea we have we could do for this podcast, uh, as our repertoire of artists grows larger and larger, mm-hmm. we may eventually get to the point where uh, soon artists that we talk about start releasing new stuff after we've talked about them. Would out with maybe like I don't know some kind of like check in maybe every once in a while or like album reviews be in the picture. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's not a bad idea if we could balance that out. Uh... You know, again, just, uh, you know, we could do that a bit. If, if people like it and dig the long, if it, the format goes just a little bit longer, uh, we can maybe make that work to fit in, like, an album review or two. I mean, we can do that, uh, uh, like, if we know there's one to review and things like that, we can do that, like, as an in-between. Like, yeah, after the anime be- before we talk about the main group. Oh, oh, yeah, definitely possible because uh, the secret group that I'm teasing, uh, they have an album coming out, like, next month, and I'll have it tied into that. Uh, you know, Agent Kung Fu Generation just had a single, so that was kind of around the time that they dropped their single that we did that episode. And Oh, You Assume Hologram's going through a big change, so, like, that was around the time that we did their episode. So a lot of these have been kind of tied into, like, big events and stuff like that, but... uh you know, soon we could get to the point where we're talking about where big events happen and it'll be after their episode. So it would be cool to have, like, little check-in moments like that. Yeah, and again, too, and then, like, the further we talk about these groups, I mean, some might be older groups that got disbanded or some that are still putting music out. It's like, the more groups we do, the more we're going to have to keep a lot to keep track of. And it might be overwhelming at times, but maybe if it gets to a certain point, we can do... Like, one episode where it's just, like, oh, like, we've covered at least, like, these ten groups, and they all happen to have stuff coming out now. We can just do that as a main segment instead of just a new group that week or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, starting out, I think that'd be good in between uh, once stuff starts popping up. And then uh, I'm sure camera will for me and let me know when new stuff's coming. And then I'll try to we'll let, let you guys know... Uh, if there's something new popping out or whatever, we could maybe even not even, like, bring it up until the next episode. We could be like, oh, well, we're in this episode. We're also going to actually talk about this or something. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I like that idea. I like that idea. Yeah, when we're dealing with active groups, you know, things can pop off at any time, so. Yeah, man. Um, it would be cool if we could be, like, there when it happens, you know? Yeah, and, like, I've talked about the Blackpink movie, or being, like, if I happen to go to the concert, or what, like, I know uh, a couple years ago, Red Velvet did two shows here, and I, did, I didn't go to them. There were tickets available, and, I, and now I probably will the next time around town to try to get tickets for them, especially if, uh, from the little I've heard that I like, but if we go through the catalog or whatever, you know, whenever some of the other bands come local, or even the ones you mentioned, we could try to, like, if we ever end up going to a show for one of these and they give our, like, review of what it's like to experience them live. Uh, oh, yeah, concert reviews and stuff would be yeah. interesting. Uh, uh, maybe I could try and do, like, live stream reviews, too. Uh, if they do, like, some cool live stream shows and I could talk about those, I mean... Yeah, yeah. That that might... I, I don't know. That might be uh, kind of my and everybody else's foreseeable future for a little while sadly uh, especially those group you know since we're doing a bunch of groups coming in from like japan and korea uh it might just have to be live streams and stuff for a little while but who knows maybe we can get live reports like from people at from one one of us actually being at the scene that would be really cool yeah and um i mean i know here in la i mean the last time i went to it, it it's okay it's not the best convention I've been to, to be honest, but, like, we have KCON here in L.A. I've never I've never gone to one of, like, the... Because they have the con, but then they also have, like, the live shows sometimes they do before. I usually go... I, I, I've never been to that portion of it, but they had a group I was interested in. 
Uh, I, would, I would go to that, but that's something. Maybe if they do that again, I can go for a half a day and talk my experience there, I guess. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Con, con coverage, concert coverage. Yeah. Who knows? We could do a lot of things with this platform that we have. Yeah, yeah, I get, and I mean that's the thing too. Especially, to, oh yeah, I didn't like when Anime Expo comes around here again. Uh, to I, I'm sure I'll go to that for a day and talk experience there. So that's that's the thing with fitting like what technically you could do two separate podcasts, but we've combined it into one. It's gonna be a lot of content there we can work with uh, for a while. Uh, but yeah, guys, I'm I'm excited just talking about it. Uh, so next week, guys, we'll watch. Uh, if you want to watch Shells of Work Season 2 with us, I believe it's on Funimation. And also, uh, if you want to listen to some Red Velvet with us, I'm, I'm going to try to, uh, since, again, it's bigger, like Asian Kung Fu Generation, I'm going to try to get a lot of their catalog from some of their older stuff to current, because they just released, like, a new song recently, too. Uh, and be, you know, feel free to do that with us. Uh, and as usual, I assume Camera's going to update, uh, add some new tracks to these playlists. That you're always making working on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Some uh, thanks for reminding me. I do need the update for last time's episode, but uh, yeah, I'll get on those. Yeah, yeah. And again, guys, I, I know there were. It's a little bit of a sudden turn to have this new episode. There was a delay on the last one just because I was uh, busy uh, this past week and uh, I wasn't able to really record anything or even keep up with what was going on in G four. So. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit behind, but we're trying to catch up now. Uh, so thanks for your patience on that end. Uh, but in the meantime, guys, enjoy your anime. Enjoy your music. Feel free uh, to hang on this otaku journey with us. And uh, hope you have fun. And we'll see you on the next one. <laughs>